0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the war I can overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No less to go back. I gotta keep pressing on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith school is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Thank God for faith. It is the response to every situation. When you don't know what to do, it's the perfect response. You respond in faith, believing that God will show you what to do. So if you are dealing with some things that have been unpleasant, Uncomfortable, even painful. There is hope. There is victory. Uh, the Lord is able. It's, it's it's so amazing. He he can do things that uh, the world does not even think possible. You can be so in pain and so at such a low point in your heart and your insides, and the Spirit of God. He's called the Comforter. He can come into you and just take it away. He can so fill you with peace that this other is just pushed out, displaced. So let him minister to you in the classes today. This is not just about putting a bunch of information in your head. This is spiritual. Let the spirit of God and he's everywhere. There's no distance with him or time with him, limitation. So Let him minister to you. We're going to join faith with you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us together join faith. Uh, Agreeing as touching this and asking you to minister to our brothers and sisters that are hurting, that uh, feel weak and overwhelmed, Lord, let your spirit manifest and minister your peace and grace and help to them. We ask it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. You are so faithful. You're so good. You're so gracious. You never let us down. You never leave or forsake us. Thank you for bringing us all the way through in total victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, the way to start coming out of, of issues and problems is to get you inside your inner man Get your faith fed. Get yourself built up. And does anybody know what can nourish up your spirit and faith? It's the words. It's the anointed words. Uh, This is the manufacturer's uh, fuel for what he manufactured. The Father of spirits made your spirit. And Jesus said, the words I speak to you They are spirit and they are life. So uh, do not just read, you know, markings off of a page. Let the thoughts, the divine thoughts that are in these divine words come into you and give you strength. They literally, literally, immediately affect you and impact you as we read them right now. In uh, Hebrews 10, verse 35, he said, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. It has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience or perseverance that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Even though it was different people at different times, in different situations, he's showing us the, how the, the same faith works through different people and through different times, but it works the same way. And the amazing thing is that we have a measure of this same faith. In fact, we've got, 2 uh, Corinthians 4 talks about it, the same spirit of faith. Same as who? Well, as Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah. We've got the same. It's We're not looking at this just to ooh and ah about them. We do respect them. We are impressed with them. But we got the same faith in us. And what we're doing is learning how to do it. <laughs> right? Learning how to do. We're not just come to faith school and make a few notes. We're learning how to leave here and go do what Abraham did. Do what David did. Do what Sarah did. That's what this is about. And we see that uh, one of the things that they did, they not only lived by faith, but they died in faith. And they were willing to sacrifice, a great sacrifice. Jesus, the ultimate example of this, In the last few verses of Hebrews 11, it talked about individuals that endured uh, mockings, scourgings, imprisonment, being stoned, etc., etc. And down in chapter 12, it said, uh, Seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, including martyrs, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You see, us, us, us. That's exactly what we've been talking about. We're not to just camp and ooh and ah over these guys. We're to be inspired by them. We're to be instructed by them. But then now it's time for us to run our race. They've been here. They had their life down here. They did their tour of duty. Now it's our time. Somebody say, now it's our time. Now it's our time time to do what? To live by faith to overcome by faith, to see miracles by faith, to do exploits by faith, and looking, keeping Jesus in our focus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds, you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Now what we will see is that the greatest faith was willing to pay the greatest price. You will see it with every one of these individuals. Uh, People like uh, Moses, people like Paul, that we hold up as some of the most outstanding examples of faith. Listen to things they said um, during their life and ministry. Um, The Bible said that Moses said, at one point in Exodus 32, when uh, the people had gotten basically ran off the rails, making that calf and all that kind of stuff, uh, God was really put out with them. And talked about them just being done away with. And Moses in Exodus 32, 31, he said, Oh God, this people has sinned a great sin and made them gods of gold. If you will forgive their sin, but if not, blot me, I pray, out of the book that you have written. Wow. What made Moses such a great man of God and a great man of faith? Well, he was a man... Of love, he was a man of faith. Love's his motiv- motivation, but faith enables him to do it. What you see here is what Galatians refers to as the law of Christ. Now, no question, we are Christians, we're Christians. Well, what should a Christian be like the Christ? Right? He is our example. We're his disciples. We're his followers. And the disciples not above his master, but when you're fully developed, you'll be as your master, like your master, Jesus said. Galatians 6.2, you can just listen. Galatians 6.2 said, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Being willing to bear somebody else's burden. Being willing for you to pay the price instead of them. That's being like the Christ. Why would you do it? Love. You care for them. How can you do it though? It takes faith to do it, doesn't it? And now, now we're talking about some of the greatest faith. The highest levels of faith. You know, Paul said a similar thing. Uh, in Romans 9, in verse 1, Romans 9, 1, he said, I say the truth, in Christ I lie not, my conscience bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. I have great heaviness and sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh wow is that a statement or is that see that's what uh, Moses had said uh, Lord if, if you if you don't forgive these people then just block me out of your book too and uh, is he standing in the gap willing to sacrifice everything huh yeah. to help them who is that like that's like the master, right? Why are they so great and why is their faith so great? Because they're like him. They're acting like him. Not putting on a front of acting like This was in their heart. He didn't know what God was going to say to that. He didn't know his response. He trusted in his mercy, but he didn't know exactly how that was going to work out. And Paul, He can't pay the price that Christ has paid, and another price doesn't need to be paid. But can you see his heart? He's saying, if I could could be displaced and get them back to God, I'd be ready to do that. Well, that means you, you trust God, that no matter what you do, your love is motivating you to do it, but your faith enables you to do it. And you'll see that there's, from, from small to big, there are choices every day in life. And our faith and our love and our faith, and of course these are together because uh, faith works by love. They're, they're joined together. Um, it enables you to make the greater choice. When it just comes to giving, Something as simple as that. If you're in uh, service, offering time, or if you're not, if you're at work, and the Lord prompts you to give something to your coworker, and you got in your wallet, you know, you got a 10, and you got a 20, and you got a 100, and the Lord deals with you to give the 100. Somebody says, well, he, he would always deal with you to give. No, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that. But let's say this time he did. He dealt with you. Give the hundred. And you go to do it and you go, now hold on. <laughs> I still got to get gas in my car this week and, and I still need this and I still need that. And you was about to get to hundred, but you just shift over and get to ten. Now, now you're laughing, but this has happened many times. Why would you get to ten? when you felt like you should get the hundred. Why? Because you're just not fully convinced that God can get it back to you in time. Can you see that? And so it's a lack of faith that you, you won't give as much. You won't sacrifice as much. Go to Mark 10 and let me remind you of this. How could Jesus be willing to give it all? I mean lay his life down. Allow himself to be separated from the Father. Become sin with our sin. How could he do that? We know it was love that motivated him. But it was faith that enabled him to do it. We know he did it by faith. How could he do that? He did not believe It would be the end. (laughs) He believed what the prophets had prophesied. It was in the Psalms. It was in the prophets after three days and three nights. Right? (laughs) Coming up. Coming out. I mean, it, it was there. He did not believe he would die and that'd be it. He'd be separated and that's it. He didn't believe that. He believed there was something on the other side of this the reward would be far greater even than the sacrifice. His faith in that enabled him to do it. You see an example of this right here in Mark 10 when uh, there was an individual that came running to Jesus asking him, what can I do to inherit eternal life? In Mark 10, 17, it's what we call the, uh, the rich young ruler. And uh, they conversed a little bit, and then the Lord said, if you, uh, one thing you lack, go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven. You'll have treasure in heaven. You'll have treasure in heaven. Wonder what that means. Regan, is that piddly? Huh? You'll have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. Now, here the next move is the young man's. The Lord's not making him do anything. He's the the young man's the one came and accosted Jesus. He's the one came to him and said, because basically he's knowing I need to do something else. I need to, he knew that in his heart. So basically he said, what else do I need to do? And and the Lord said, You know the commandments? I do, and I've kept them all. And, and, he's, and the Lord looked at him and one thing you lack. That ain't bad, one thing. One thing, you, one thing, but to him it was a big thing. Liquidate and give to people in need. You'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross. What kind of language is that? That's special place language. Do you hear that? Take up the cross and follow me. Now you're talking about partaking of Christ's reward. By taking up the cross and following him. And there's reason to believe that he would be a part of the inner crusade team possibly. Um, He could have shouted and said, really? Really? I get to be with you? I get to be a part of your inner team and I'll have treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. <laughs> Let's see the banks close in such a such. Uh, I'll be back. It's going to take me a little bit to do all this, but I'll be back the day after tomorrow. Don't leave without me. Could he have been excited? Could he have been excited? Why would he have been excited? Faith would have made him rejoice. Right? Mm -hmm. Faith would have said, treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross with you. Be a part of your bunch. That's not what he did. He was sad at that saying. And went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Instead of going, treasure in heaven, he said, my money in the bank. My money. My money. Treasure in heaven? No, my money. Can you see the choice, child of God? Can you see? We've talked about this repeatedly, but it'll bear repetition. Flesh will sacrifice tomorrow for something temporary today. That's foolish. It actually will sacrifice something great tomorrow for something of little value temporary today. But faith is willing to sacrifice the little value temporary today for something great. Hallelujah. And big tomorrow. But see, he's never been to heaven. He hadn't seen heaven. He doesn't know what kind of treasure he's talking about. This is all faith, isn't it? The substance, the confidence of things expected, the conviction of things not seen. The young man, it was, what Jesus was looking for was faith. Can you see that? And if you, look, if you put this with Matthew's account, Luke's account, uh, people say, well, yeah, see, that proves the Lord doesn't want you to have money. Uh, you know, he wants you to get rid of all the money. Well, no, you know, uh, Zachari- uh, Zacchaeus, rather, he, he came to Jesus and he said, Behold, half of my goods. The Lord didn't say, Oh, no, not half, all. all." No, he, he said today salvation has come to his. Self. So which is it? All, half? Is there another figure we can talk about? It's not about the money. And you need resources. He didn't ask this young man to take a vow of poverty. Did he? No, he did not. He asked him to liquidate and turn loose of what his trust was in. And to get his trust out of that and into him. Because, like I said, if you look at these other writers' accounts, uh, he talked about it being impossible for a rich man, you know, to... To get into faith in the kingdom and they were amazed at that and then he clarified, he said, for them that trust in riches. It's like money is not the problem. It's the love of the money. And the Lord didn't mind you having even some nice things, but they cannot mean more to you than Him. And you'll have to demonstrate at different points in your life that they're not more important to you than him. And the only way to do that is by turning loose of them. That's the only way. You've got the only way, you can talk as much as you want to, but when it comes right down to it, and it's time to sell it, leave it, give it, walk away from it, now we find out. And if you get bogged up like this young man and you go, We're talking about $5 million. Give all of that away. And if if we could have been there to help him and said, treasure in heaven, treasure, treasure, treasure in heaven, $5 million. You know you're not listening to me. (laughs) How many believe in a couple of millennia from now? $5 million won't look like a dirty nickel to you compared to treasure in heaven. Huh? But it takes faith to turn loose of the here and now, what I see, what I got my hand on versus where's heaven? Huh? What kind of treasure are we talking about exactly? Well, the Lord wants you to take it on faith. <laughs> he wants you to just trust him that if he says it's worth you doing this, take him at his word. Trust him. And go, sir, yes, sir. If you say it's worth it, and then some. So you see what happened when he walked away. Uh, verse 28, Peter began to say to him, Lo! We have left all, and have followed you. And that's why we're still talking about Peter. Right? And all these guys. And why their names are going to be engraved, or already are, in the foundation of the walls of the uh, heavenly Jerusalem. Amazing. They have a special place. They will rule over the twelve tribes of Israel. Pass this life in this world. So you reckon they're regretting anything they left behind their little their little fishing boat, their little their little nets, huh? You think they? Yeah, but we was pulling in three hundred a week, Lord, on them fish. But and they were, they had a business, they were feeding their families, they were doing what they needed to do. But when he comes by. And looked at Peter and John with their nets, and says, "You boys." Huh? Us? Yeah, you. Come follow me. They knew what that meant. That didn't mean just stop what you're doing for the rest of the afternoon. What does that mean? You got a new job. You got a new occupation. Come follow me. That requires leaving that. Well, how are we going to live? How are we going to make, you know, Pay our bills. How are we going to, how are we going to, if you trust him, you'll not lack. And they had seen that. They'd seen it for now, I don't know, a couple of years or something at least. And uh, so Peter pipes up and says, well, we did it, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) We left everything. Because he just told them what a bad mistake this young guy just made. (laughs) And they saw it. I guess the other guy, he's gone. He's already gone, the young guy. That's his heart. You know, maybe he wised up later. I don't know. He's a young guy. Maybe he had a little time. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, Peter says, well, we did it, Lord. We, we left everything and followed you. Jesus said, verily I say to you, there's no man that's left house, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or lands for my sake and the gospel's, but he'll receive A hundredfold now in this time. That proves the rich young ruler would have received a harvest in his lifetime. Can you see that? The Lord didn't ask him to take a vow of poverty. He asked him to put his faith in him instead of his money. And the only way you can really demonstrate that is by turning loose of it. In his case, sow it. So we know, according to what Jesus said, this man would have received a hundredfold. Well man, he would have been he would have been in, big, in good shape, wouldn't he? He was already wealthy. A hundredfold, now in this time houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and lands with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. It's easy for us to sit and look at this and go, man, that guy missed it. <laughs> that, guy, that guy missed it. Do you understand this is going on every day of the world? People are missing opportunities to serve Him because they won't turn loose of a job or a place or a house or a connection, or they won't go to church instead of you know, goof off or whatever. People are making choices. And it's because they don't know what's really valuable and lasting. Say it out loud, Lord, I'm willing to choose you. And any sacrifices here, any sufferings here, are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's it. Our time's up again for today. Join us again tomorrow. We need to finish this right here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.